everybody, you're listening to Sit Down Stand-Ups, I'm Ari Azizian, and if this is your first time listening, thanks for tuning in. And if you're a regular listener, thank you, thank you, thank you, I can't thank you enough. Tuning in every week really means a lot to me, I really appreciate it. i uh, got an awesome show for you today, but first be sure to subscribe to Sit Down Stand-Ups on your smartphone. If you got an iPhone, go to the Purple Podcast app, search for Sit Down Stand-Ups, and click subscribe. Or if you got an Android, download the Podcast Republic in the App Store and search for Sit Down with Stand-Ups and it should pop right up. Okay, today's episode is coming to you from Las Vegas. My guest is the very funny Edwin San Juan. He was voted this year's Best Comedian on the Las Vegas Strip by Las Vegas Weekly. You know that magazine that's in your hotel room every time you go to Vegas? That one. And he is the resident comedian at the Planet Hollywood Hotel and Casino. He's performing nightly in the V Theater at 9 p.m. If you're in Vegas next time, definitely go check him out. He's hilarious. He's one of the funniest guys out there. He's going to be the next Mr. Las Vegas, so don't miss him. All right, here's my interview with Edwin San Juan. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva. Viva. So you've been at uh, the Planet Hollywood for like a year and a half now? Yeah, one year, seven months, three days. <laughs> Not that I'm counting. <laughs> That's awesome. How is it so far? It's, it's been really fun. good. It's real good. I just found out uh, uh, last week I got approved for another two more years. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Congrats. So they're trying man. to do like year increments of two years. But it's only been a year and a half, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're good to go for another two. So That's awesome. Yeah, right? You, and you got the uh, best comedian on the strip, right? Yep, from yep. Las Vegas from, Weekly? Uh, Las Vegas Weekly for 2015. Best, That's best awesome. Comedian. Yeah, I was excited. But then the Asian kicked in me, and I was like, well, you know, Vinny Favorito's not here no more, and George <laughs> Wallace left, and <laughs> they ran out of comedians to pick, so I was the last one on the list. No, nah, man. That's awesome. Congrats. <laughs> That's great. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I've been working hard at it, you know, and trying to... Be consistent every night and, you know, just do my A, a material. Right. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, it's, it's it's starting to wear. I can feel it. It's been a year and a half. I've been changing up the set a little bit, but, you know. Just do you feel the, like you're, you're getting, like, a lot better, like, quicker? Because it's just, like, every night. Oh, just, like, yeah. Big shows, kind of? Yeah, or? people were like, are you, are you kind of, you know, how do you feel about going up every night? But I'm like, man, when I was in L.A., I was driving to try to go up right. every night, you know? Now I don't need the people are work. coming to you. Yeah. Then. Yeah. And they're coming from all over the United States and all around the world, actually. So yeah, that's amazing, too. It's like a little you don't have to go on tour because everybody's coming around. <laughs> it's from so different good. Places. Right. And right. I have a family now, so I don't have to be in and out of airports. I don't have to leave my family. It's just really it came out real, real uh, good time. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And how is it like just like getting people from all over in one room? Because there's like people from like Kansas and then like. You Australia. Know, international, yeah, yeah. Australia, Japan. It's good. You know, a lot of times after the shows, I get people upset. The only thing they're upset about is, you didn't make fun of us. <laughs> you didn't make fun of the, the Brits. So I was like, okay. I didn't get to you guys tonight. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, I got to th- start thinking of more global uh, material to pick on people. Right. A lot of times growing up in, in L.A., you know, you have that uh, mixture of different races. So, But it's usually Latinos, blacks, white, Asian. But, you know, 
now they want me to mess around with people from Holland, (laughs) you know what I mean? Australia. You have to go visit all these places to see what they're like over there, too, to make fun of them. Me and my wife started doing flashcards of the uh, states and capitals. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. So if I, when I do crowd work, oh, we're from, you know, this, I, I know I could already draw the yeah. capital, you know what That's I mean? That's awesome. Yeah. They think, wow, this guy's really smart. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah, I'm always impressed, like, comedians are like, which college you go to? And then someone's like, Boise State. And they're like, oh, the yeah. Spartans or something. It's like, how did you know that? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's right. That's like, wow. I guess they did flashcards too. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it is from traveling because comics travel a lot. So then they can see certain parts and stuff like that. Totally. Yeah. So did you start in Los Angeles? Yes, I did. Uh, I started in small little uh, Latino bars. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, with like East LA bikers and, and the Mongols and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like in like Montebello City Industry yeah, kind of area? Yeah, exactly. Sweet. Montebello, uh, La Puente, uh, something like that. I started, Jeff Garcia helped me out a lot. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. I yeah. love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He started when he was like 16 years old, right? Wasn't like Jeff Garcia, like Gabriel Glacius, kind of all in that area yep, too? Yeah. Uh, me and Gabriel started around the same time. Oh, and then cool. we kind of just he just like took off. But I remember doing backyard parties with Gabriel. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. We have to like we have to be in the backyard and there's a pool and then the, everyone's on the other side of the pool. <laughs> and then, you know, so you're like, he's like, just pretend the pool's not there. <laughs> but that guy has a little moat of like yeah, protection little, between the like audience. castle, right? Because yeah. you bomb exactly. <laughs> just jump in the pool. <laughs> Um, and then you got so, your fluffy shirt on too. I know, yeah, my Hawaiian shirt. So I yeah. think I don't know if me and him can compete with Hawaiian <laughs> shirts, even when it's raining. Yeah, you know right. Know? That's cool. It's yeah, bright red. I know. That's why I saw you outside. <laughs> You're Is all the guy. Around. Where am I? <laughs> that's got to be Ari. <laughs> so that's so cool. So you grew up in Los Angeles, and yeah. you started doing stand up. Like, how old were you when you first started? Uh, I started late, like maybe 26. Okay. Because I'm Asian, right? I had to finish school first. Me too. I'm 24, so it's like I'm just now just getting, getting into there, right? <laughs> my parents were like, well, no, can't do that. You got to have something to fall back on. And once I got my degree, they were fine with me doing whatever I want to do. What did you get your degree in? In um, sociology. Sociology? Okay, yeah. cool. So I was working with like abuse kids and in the probation homes and oh, stuff wow. like that. Yeah. And that's, then that's a tough job. You're doing that, and then at nighttime going to like open mics and stuff. Yeah, but first I was doing that for for a while, and then um, that's that is when, a hard job. That's... Yeah, right. Like the, my sense of humor helped me out tremendously in that job because a lot of other staff members were trying to relate to the kids and right. they were trying to be too rigid on them and stuff. But when I found when I broke the ice with humor, then they were able to listen to me a lot better, and it was like a little mutual respect. Totally, yeah. So I, I I really flourished and I went far in that, but the pay isn't isn't all that. You doing a labor of love, definitely. If you Abs- do that, yeah. it wears on you, man. I feel man, like I feel uh, my heart go, hat goes out to all those people in that field because it's a tough hard job. job. Yeah, I remember going up at the Laugh Factory on Latino Night, following Paul Rodriguez, right, and killing. And everyone's like, "Oh, you're gonna make it. You're gonna be badass." And then I had to be at work six in the morning, you know, some little kid kicking my shins and cussing oh, me man. out. And yeah. I was like, "Fuck," you know, like. I just, I was like, Calgon, take me away. I was, yeah. you know, I was I'm ready to be a star already. Be a comedian. Yeah, it's a tough road. Comedian's the best job. You don't pollute the earth. You don't, like, hurt anybody. It's just, like, the greatest. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> this lady last night in the taxi, she was, I was telling her, I, was, I went to see some show out here, and she's like, I don't know how performers do the same show every day. They don't change the words. Mm. I was like, but you're also, like, a cab driver going up and down the street a hundred times a day. <laughs> like, it's kind of the same. It's just a job, you know? Yeah, but, I get that. Like, this lady came up to me. She's like, can I ask you a question? Now, this is like last week. Oh, yeah, what's up? She's like, I was here two months ago, and you said the same exact jokes word for word. Like, you know? And I go, oh, yeah, that's a surprise. You know? (laughs) 
But you know, I'll change it up. We come back in a year. I guarantee it'll be different stuff. Like, but then right after her, someone came up to me and was like, "Hey, man, you know, we're fans from yours. We're from San Jose, and we came here, and you know, uh, we saw you like two years ago, a year ago, and we really like the new stuff, you know, because I'm talking talking about my wife and the yeah. delivery and the baby. So those are true fans. They know what's up. Right. You know? This old lady came and I saw the same thing. <laughs> Well, you but, came back-to-back back nights, so yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of you your expect? fault. What do you expect? But then, you know, people don't get mad when they go to see the mentalist or they go see someone else. Right, like, like a uh, magic show. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's the same thing, too. It's like Penn and Teller are going to shoot each other in the mouth with guns. Yeah, like, right. They're not going to change Ice Cube's concert, you're going right. to get mad, right? You're like, wait, what? Can't you said the same thing on your album. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. hilarious. I don't know why people just expect us to do different stuff all the time. And I want to, you know, like I hit these open mics because my wife goes, she starts, to, she's starting to hit the mics too. Oh, awesome! And uh, so I'll go with her, and that, that's where I'll try to work out some new stuff. But there's a certain responsibility I need to have and deliver my A-list material because people are paying fifty-five dollar tickets, you know, right. to the show, and I can't just be up there trying to go up there with a notebook or something. And you know what I mean? Stuff, like, right? yeah, they're gonna be like, "What the hell is this stuff?" <laughs> so it's just it's weird. People don't understand, but then it's like you can't let those people get you down. Right? Totally, yeah. So it's a how, do, how do you feel like the transition? Because I don't know yet, but like from going to open mics to like shows where people are expecting to, you know, laugh. And I was oh, talking man. to Rich where he was like main, you know, main rooms. People just want to hear jokes. They don't want to hear, you know, people trying out too crazy. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a transition. Definitely. And there's, an, there's another phase in, in between that for to open mics to main room. There's a, a thing where you, where you start doing your own shows but you start giving away tickets because you just want people in there right right so then for between the open mics it's just all comedians in the crowd then you get this where you ticket or you paper it so you get free people coming in and you know it gets packed and it's nice but when you get people paying for tickets like man those are the best right. people because they have money invested they want to make sure you know they have a good time and they're really listening but when you get people free stuff they take stuff for granted they want free drinks they don't want to wait in line they're yeah. just really diva-ish and, and they're out they there talking sometimes. yeah <laughs> it's terrible but that's that's another level right there because like for for a while i was giving away tickets to shows and um it's it's a double-edged sword man because the people start depending on it and counting on it and then you can't sell a ticket because they're like well we'll just wait till you give the free ones away oh yeah that's so it's tough man right so when i got here that I must mean, be I the best out. feeling when people are paying to come see yeah. you yeah yeah 55 tickets i was right. like wow I, <laughs> that's pretty badass that's some <laughs> russell peter shit like his his shows are like 55 65 right you know? yeah People are paying $85 a ticket for a VIP. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> That's awesome, and it's yeah. just one row difference. Like, well, you're the man, the man. You're the best uh, comic on the strip. It's kind of crazy, man. I'm flying under the radar here, but I'm, I'm putting in the work. you know. Totally. I mean, I, I always admire like Las Vegas comedian. I talked to Tom Dreesen one time, too, okay. on here. And he's just like, it's people like bag on Vegas for whatever reason. But it's the best. I feel like because people are coming to see you from all over. Like. Yeah, I remember when I was uh, grinding, and uh, and I remember walking through Vegas. I had a gig here, and I seen Vin Vinny Favorito's picture, and he was headlining Binions or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Wow, what a what a gig to work in Vegas seven nights a week." I don't know if I could do that. Like, you know what I mean? It's like it might be good for the first week I, or or first year, but just two, four, five years into right. it, like, whoa, fuck, you know? But here I am. You know? Was it like a weird transition coming into it in the beginning, the first couple of months, or yeah, because I'm like. <laughs> or did you just enjoy it? Like I, the most I've done at a club was maybe back-to-back -back weeks, you know, okay. at a club. 
so then uh here i'm like oh it's not ending <laughs> you know and i'm still here like oh it's like the longest road trip ever <laughs> it's been almost two years now and i'm still here but the guys are really good like i was able to go last year to the middle east with ahmed ahmed oh dope yeah awesome. and so they let me do my weeks i just came back from burbank i was in flappers for halloween oh sweet yeah yeah so they're really good with it uh as far as being uh like i'm getting ready to take off this week to la to take care of some family stuff you know and like when I first got here the first year, my mom didn't do too well. So I was able to take some time off and be with my mom, you know, and they were really cool. She's back I, in L.A. Yeah, she's back okay. in L.A. Cerritos. Yeah. Holding down. Cerritos. Yeah. Or the, the other square. Filipinos are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 605 on South Street. Cerritos Auto Square. <laughs> oh, we're a team, bro. Yeah, we know. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you're uh, grinding out in L.A., like how many sets were you doing a night or? Oh, that's my wife hi. and baby. Hi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I don't think they can hear you. She said hi. Oh. <laughs> my wife has been going on stage doing the open mics, and she's been taking the baby with her and going on stage with the baby. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And she's pretending like everyone's saying, like, the baby's not there, and she's doing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Have the baby hold the microphone. Yeah, she's right? Like, I was like, <laughs> she's like the new Jeff Denham. She's going to so be human puppets. <laughs> Oh, I was I was grinding with Jeff uh, Garcia and all, all the Latino cats. They showed me a lot of love, but I was sometimes trying to hit two shows a night, you know, as much as possible, trying to get up every day, you know. Um, Did you hit it like pretty hard just at twenty six? Just like yeah, full well, steam. I first started uh, hosting rooms for Jeff, and I would host the first half, and then he would host the second half. And that was tough. At first, it was fun. But then when you start going week after week to the same place and they know your stuff, right. that's when you start getting heckled and it's terrible. Yeah. You know? And then you just can't wait to do another room so you can do your stuff and they appreciate it. But that was tough. When you don't have the skills to do crowd work or nothing like that and you just have what you have, right. that five to seven minutes, yeah. you know, and you do it over and over again. I'm it's at like that point brutal. too right now where I'm like, all right, I see some people here who know yeah. every joke <laughs> like, that I did. <laughs> oh, this is gonna suck for like how long have you been um, five minutes? How long have you been doing comedy? Uh, on and off, like I started at eighteen and then I just took a break. I got into improv a lot. Okay, okay. And then I've probably done like I don't even know, just a handful of open mics. Okay, all right. uh, probably a year solid total. But the open mic scene here is really weird. In Vegas, yeah. yeah. How is it out here? Because nobody comes to the shows. It's just all comedians in there, right? But I guess oh, that's what yeah. open mics are, right? right? So I try to give comics a shot here on the main stage because a lot of them never performed on the strip ever. Wow. So I give them a shot, and then they do all right, but a lot of them have the open mic habits, you know? Like they're like talking Getting about the mad joke at the audience. Then, yeah. <laughs> what, do you guys yeah. don't get it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a funny joke. <laughs> so, but, uh, this but, kills at Yuck Yucks yeah. or whatever. Like. <laughs> this kills when there's nobody in the crowd. <laughs> But uh, it's cool, though. I'm, I'm getting a chance to see other comedians and stuff That's like that. That's great that you're giving all these guys a shot, though. Yeah, to, like, not all of them. But, what, a, yeah. <laughs> but what an amazing experience to like yeah. play like, at the Planet Hollywood. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of them come out that, wow, I've never performed before where there was an audience. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, get out more. But yeah. it's, in all fairness, it's hard for them to grow here because people don't go to the shows outside of the Strip. Totally. Yeah. How do you feel like L.A. was like, do you feel like it was a lot better scene for open mics? And Yeah, I think so. But I really didn't do a lot of open mics like, you know, the coffee shop scene and stuff right. like that. I didn't really hit those. I was always doing like rooms with Jeff and he always brought me along wherever, you know. And, yeah. And then he was uh, and then I got introduced to the to the black rooms and I started doing those. And then um, for like a year and a half or two years, I just it was in Orange County doing like white rooms. But it, 
like backyard parties, like opening up for bands and stuff wow. like that. Yeah. How is that? I feel that like was tough. music is tough. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're up there and they're not expecting you and you're just doing like a little 10 minutes, you know, before the band goes up, um, it was a challenge. But Jeff was like, if I guarantee if you do this for a year, two years, you're going to be strong as fuck. Because a lot of the other comics out here, they just stick to the Latino rooms or they right. just stick to the black rooms. Right. You know? So you want to be universal. And then that now I look back, that totally helped me out so much now because majority of the audiences are older white people right in vegas mm. so you know you get sprinkles of blacks here and there and one or two latinos but that's it so all my latino references and jokes i had in la i don't even do them out here doesn't even it doesn't because wow. i tried to do like one the first you know month i was here i was trying <laughs> to do like chino chino japonese yeah, yeah. and they were like what the hell is that <laughs> like so and then I have comments come out to feature for me from LA and they they go through the same thing I see, I see them go through the same thing like the first two nights you're in the back room laughing yeah like. go, dude I told you that <laughs> shit doesn't work here like stick to universal stuff and it's a good gauge because then they go home realizing okay I need to focus on writing stuff that works all across the board not just in East LA totally yeah so what, what would you say uh, like universal stuff would be to talk about it's just like relationships and family. relationships family dynamics observational stuff. You know, because I talk about being Filipino, and a lot of people don't know what Filipinos are. But by the way I talk about our dynamics and stuff like that, they realize, oh, we're all the same. You right. know what I mean? So you can do certain things, but it's all pretty much it's like educational. Right, yeah. And just relatable stuff that everybody sort of goes through, yeah, I guess. Right. Yeah. That's why if you think about some of the first jokes we come out were like fart jokes. Yeah, exactly. Right? Everybody does that. <laughs> it's, like, it's like my baby laughs at fart. <laughs> she, she farts and goes, hey. But that's universal. I mean, but it's like... It, you can't do those because then right. you don't get respect in the industry that you go, oh, even though it's funny as hell, it's still like, oh, it's just a fart joke. Right. Or if you have a really great creative dick joke, and it's, still, it's just a dick joke. You know what I mean? No matter how creative it is and how great it is, people are like, oh, it's the a dick files joke. of creative dick jokes that yeah. every comic probably has. Yeah, right. It can't but be the, used. the trick is to get that same kind of uh, energy that comes out of the dick joke and put it into something that's just observational or family related. Totally, yeah. Dynamic. Yeah. Do you, do you write a lot too? Um, I do write a lot, and I get some of the comedians, my guys that open for me, and we sit here, and my wife gets little snacks, and we eat, and we kind of chop up and punch each other's material up. Oh, sweet! Like everyone comes with a premise, and then you know we get like five ten minutes work on each person's premise, and then you know, you know an hour flies by. Wow, that's yeah, such that's a cool good. way. I've never heard anybody. That's such a great oh, way to do it. It's really cool, and you develop better relationship with the comics yeah and then now since you write together when they're at the shows they're watching your set more and then like, they're helping me out and i'm helping them out. that's right yeah. yeah i always like i hear people just writing you know in a coffee shop by themselves oh, it sounds like, that's tough you know super tough yeah like um i got a new 10 15 minutes just on my baby being born and me being in the delivery room with the baby and i didn't write none of that down I just wow. went on stage and I go, okay, this is what this is what happened, you mm -hmm. know. So I started talking about it, and the stuff that I felt was long-winded, I chopped it off, and stuff that got good laughs, I focused on it, and boom, I have another twelve minutes of just the delivery. Totally. Yeah, and it was it's really That's cool, awesome. But I didn't write one joke down. You yeah. Know? But it's still writing, right? right? But it's just not the physical writing. But kind of now I can see ideas. things, and I can I can do stories now. Before, when I started off, I never did stories. I was too scared. I'm scared too. Yeah, because it's so like, you, you would write jokes, jokes when you were like starting. Yes, right? yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm the same way. The leap to story, like, what was that like for you? Like, well, you know what it is. I found out you have to do the jokes, jokes, and the short, quick ones get their attention and win them over. 
Okay. And once you're there, they're win them over. You ever get that feeling when you win them over? You, can, I feel like I can say anything and they'll right. laugh. Yeah, that's when you try to throw a story in. Okay, yeah, they're already on your side. You know, totally. if you try to go from the beginning and throw a story, they're gonna be looking at you with their arms folded, like, "What's this crock of shit?" Right. Whatever, you know, <laughs> that's the biggest payoff. <laughs> yeah, and I, I happen to have this story now that I do at the end of my set about the True TV thing where I got busted by the cops on Vegas in the Strip. Yeah, so I do the whole story and I yeah. do it out how it happened. And then when I say, I thank you, good night, and I leave, and they're getting ready to leave, that we throw the video, because it's on YouTube now, right? But they throw the video of that whole thing and they see it and it plays out exactly how I told the story. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, he was telling the truth. <laughs> so now they think everything I said is in the beginning right. said it was true and legit because the story. That's was, such a great ending. Oh yeah. man, it's like a cherry on top of a Sunday. Like, wow. Like, that, that video saved my ass for being here in like a year because that happened like four or five years ago. Wait, I didn't even hear about this. This was before oh, you man. came to Vegas? Before I came to Vegas, yeah. I was working a week with the same guys that hired me now to do uh, to do Las Vegas Live. But, uh, you know, we were out and after the show, we were smoking joint, and the cops rolled up on us, and True TV was there, and they filmed oh the whole God. thing. You know what I mean? And how it went down. And Were they just doing a show, or did they know it was like famous comedians? Were they didn't know. Oh. They just thought they busted me. And then oh, I told man. them I was working at... Cobble Wobble, and yeah. they're like, What? And then they vouched for me, yes, he did. And the cop was like, All right, well, you know, you got to tell me a joke. If the joke's funny, I'll let you go. If it's not, I'm going to take you to jail. Oh, like, man. Like, oh, shit, Ultimate what? Pressure. Yeah. <laughs> so I did my brother in law joke, and it's a black cop. So, you know, I was like, Oh, my sister married a black guy. And yeah. he's like, Oh, that started off wrong, you know? <laughs> I go, no, no, he's a lawyer. So my brother in law is a brother in law. And he's like, He laughed and let me go. And, but I mean, it's all there, and I tell the whole story. So when they see it, it's like, Wow, it's amazing. And then, like, um, maybe six months ago, the cop actually came to my show. No and way. And him and three other cops came after the show. And then and he was saying, he got on stage. And he was like, I heard you're using my video. I'm not getting no money. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's going on? And I, said, I told him, well, you know what? It's on YouTube, so it's public fucking domain. You know? <laughs> Kiss my ass. Get out of here. And, but he was really cool. But I guess he said a lot of people are coming to him on the strip. And they were saying, we just came to a comedy show, and then we saw you on the video. The comedian plays a video. So the cop was like, what? I got to check this out. <laughs> so it's really cool, man. That would have been the best show, so where you tell the story, and then the video's true, and then the actual the cop, cop gets comes, up. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get someone to dress up as a cop every, yeah. <laughs> every show. Yeah, maybe a stripper or something afterwards. Start taking on the clothes. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm not going to jail? No. <laughs> but it's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So like getting into this, so you'd probably like, would you say in the beginning, were you really like focusing on learning the craft of writing jokes and performing in front of audiences and doing crowd work and stuff? Was yeah. that like the main focus? Well, I didn't get to do much crowd work because uh, I, I say Jeff a lot, but he was definitely my mentor. And I was able to open for him to move up to a feature. And then um, before I got too strong, he was like, okay, you can't be on the show no more. Oh, but man. I was not allowed to do crowd work because his main thing is crowd work. Right. So that's another thing you learn when you work with certain headliners. If they are crowd work or if they're this and that, then you can't do certain things. You All know? right. Yeah. So for my first. Because then when he comes down there, like, where are you from? He's like, I already told the guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. I just kills it him. for him. Right? right. So he's like, ugh. So that's, how, that's why I'm, my all my shit is set up, punch, set up, punch. And I think it's better that way because it's. It's almost like it's 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 good to learn set up punch and then do that and then eventually move progress to crowd work because if you just start off crowd work crowd work and it's harder to get 
set up punch material. And then if you're trying to get hired somewhere and they sh- want to see a showcase of five minutes, mm. they don't want to see crowd work. They want right. to see what substance you have, what material you have. Your strong stuff. Yeah, yeah. your strong stuff. And they say, okay, I'll hire this guy. But if you go up there for five minutes and just do, hey, how's it going? Where are you from? This and that. Like, pe- people won't want to book you. Right. You know what I mean? But they want to see, oh, this guy has a solid, stu- solid set. Totally. So I was able to get a lot of work that way. And then now I'm starting to learn crowd work and doing it little by little. Like I was telling you, learning the states yes. and stuff like that. <laughs> You know, because but people do crowd work and it looks like, wow, that's off the cuff and it's original. But it's almost like a routine because they have the same stuff they say. Right. Like if Jeff says, oh, where do you work at? And they're like, Target. Oh, you get along with people that work at Walmart. Right. It's just the yeah, whole yeah. thing where it's just it looks like it's off the cuff. But I love that style of humor, too. But I'd be so afraid to, like, just leave the material oh, and man. go off rails, you know? Yeah, because once you go off rail, the trick is can you get back to where you were right exactly. and your mind is like oh my god oh my god oh my god and it seems like it's forever but it's only two or three seconds totally yeah but, but it like it feels the, forever yeah, it feels forever <laughs> and like am i gonna be able to get back and then you start going oh yeah, no, right? uh. but for me it happens it's been happening i've been going off and then i've just been able to jump right back on that's so awesome and and it was it was almost like i was telling my wife because she she was doing it and she's like i can't i can't forget i go you know what just stop for a second and breathe you know, and it seems like it's forever in our heads because we're, we're used to like this rhythm. Right. But if you stop for a second and, and let it happen, it comes back. And I was like, oh, for sure. It came back, you know. And I was like surprised, but I was giving her that advice, but I was like taking it myself. And I was like, <laughs> oh, it really does work. I, I wasn't just bullshitting my wife. It, it does come back. It's, it's just a scary it. idea of inviting the audience where they're like, oh, we can talk back to the comedian. Yeah. <laughs> just like, how right. do you have that control? <laughs> like, oh, I'm just going to talk to him for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because Jeff would do that a lot. When people start talking, he's like, hey, hey hold on. This is my show. Yeah, it's I'm not... going back to the show. Now, yeah. so. Outside, it doesn't say starring the crowd. <laughs> right? It says starring Jeff Garcia. It's me. Like, oh. So did you, um, was it a long time before you started doing like tours and stuff? Or were you with Jeff like pretty early on hitting the road? And um, I was just doing local stuff. I didn't really get to do the road a lot. Um, you know, Joe Diaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was complimenting one time because he he came back and we were in front of the Laugh Factory. He's like, "It's unbelievable that uh, that you matured in town." Wow. Like, yeah. You know, most people comedians have to mature on the road. They go on the road, they work their stuff out, but no one took you on the road, and here you are, and you matured in town. It's like ridiculous. Like, yeah, I've never heard anyone do that, and I was like, "Wow." Yeah, LA is really tough. Like, yeah, it is. But you know, I got to do the rooms around the area. But that's the story of my career. Like, no one's really helped me out. i just been kind of doing my own thing, trying right. to find my own work, not complaining. You know, and then people are like, oh, that one's a cool dude. And then they pick, take me on the road. Gabriel took me on the road. Sweet, yeah. You know, he, he was uh, very influential for me going around the world. Right, and I got yeah. to do stuff in the USO tour with him. Wow. And then from there, I got to meet other uh, promoters and stuff in the Middle East. And Wow, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Performing in the Middle East now. It's like some of my biggest paydays, like. I always say, I'm always amazed. I'm like, wow, these guys are like filling, like, I think Gabe or somebody or did India and it was like, yeah, like 10,000 people or something like crazy. Like there's pictures of it. I was like, dang. Oh my God. It's amazing. That's more than people that would show up here and you know, like Hollywood or New York. Well, you know, you do a show like in the middle, like in Fresno or something like Mm -hmm. that. And you pack it out. You know, wow, how do I pack it out? But there's no other really entertainment in Fresno. So when you go right. out there, people just draw to that. It's, it's that the big event. deal. Yeah. So same thing in India or the Middle East. Like, you know, they don't have that many events. So when they do put it together, people roll deep. Yeah. You know? And that's when, would you say, when like sort of the um, just the generic or like international topics works the best when you're like. Oh, yeah. Well, in the Middle East, like uh, 
it was my biggest challenge i had to do an hour clean and not just not bad words but like you can't talk about their religion right. you can't talk really about politics yeah unless it's about united states politics and you you make fun of make fun of bush or some <laughs> shit they love it you know but it's it's like a whole stuff a lot of stuff that i couldn't do that's hard about. yeah yeah but I, I did it you know i was in uh where was i qatar and doing an hour oh wow and and you know they were like oh there's a lot of filipinos out here we want to book you so I end up doing the show, and there's no Filipinos show up to the crowd. It's oh, just no. all <laughs> Middle Eastern and Qatarians, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and um, it worked well, though, because they hire the Filipinos to be the babysitters and stuff like that. So when I was doing my accent, they were loving They knew it. it. Okay. Yeah. But I felt like I was, like, selling out my race, you know what I mean? <laughs> because I was just found out making fun of Filipinos, and they were laughing because I couldn't make fun of anything else. But the payday was so well, and I was like, fuck. But then now I was like, I told myself I'm not going to go back and do it, and I felt inside this inner conflict because they're treating filipinos out there like slaves really yeah no they have idea. house uh, people living there for a whole month they're only paying them a hundred dollars a month yeah Jeez. and that's working seven days a week and they have them like washing the cars and doing everything and they're Thank laughing you. at it you know and now i told them that's you know this is modern day slavery yeah and they were like but it's legal here i go oh, fuck, just because it's just legal, legal doesn't mean, mean it's okay right? you don't you have a moral conflict yeah. but they don't give a fuck that's crazy. And all the buildings being built out there are built by Indians in the Middle East. They're out, you know, hiring them, and and they have no, um, they're like, no hard helmets or no steel toe shoes. They're out of slippers, you know, making fucking building buildings. skyscrapers. Yeah, Jesus. there's no like, um, they don't care if they die. It's almost like building the pyramids. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if they die, they die. Get the next guy. Wow. Yeah. And the Indians built that city. They're all singing karaoke. The Indians like, we built this city. <laughs> <laughs> We built this city with blood and tears. <laughs> that's terrible, man. That's crazy. So, where are some like of your favorite places that you played, like internationally or just in the U.S.? Have you had like some favorite places where you're just like, this is amazing? Like, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I got to do the East Coast with Gabe when he took me out there. We did like a, um, um, uh, what is that like? New New England or Rhode Island, really out there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was amazing was cool. to see that other side of the ocean. I mean, but when you're on that tour bus, you do the show, you go in the bus, and you drive to the next town. You wake up and you're in another town. So it, I did a, st a stint of maybe like ten or eleven shows, and they just all bleeded together. Like it's all the same yeah. place, kind of. You know, and then they're they're they're. Uh, they have the opportunity to go back the next year and the year after that. So then I started seeing them on their Instagram and they weren't just doing the shows and going to the next. They started going around, seeing stuff around the town and you know what I mean? Take a day off. Take, like, yeah, yeah. And look around and enjoy it because I think what happened in that first year they went, they just wanted to do it. And now they did. Now they're back again and they go back again. So they're like, well, let's see what this, uh, what where this, we were, where we were, <laughs> what this town has to offer, which is cool. But I only had the opportunity to go that one year with them. So that was really cool. And like I said, I didn't really hit the road that much. There's only certain areas that I might have hit, ventured off to, like mm -hmm. maybe Texas, and, you know, Arizona, but mostly pretty much Cali. Like there's a lot of areas I didn't hit yet. And I was just waiting, well, I'll get my chance and I'll hit the tour. But totally. then I ended up landing here in Vegas. So it's kind of kind of worked out. How did Vegas come about? Did they just see you in Los Angeles or? Uh, Felipe Esparza hooked me up with these guys because Felipe was working with them. These guys, uh, Matt. Uh, Chavez and Joaquin Trujillo, they they run this uh, thing called LA Comedy Club. Okay, and it's out here in Vegas. But the whole thing was they want comedians based out in LA to come out so you can see. Because some people are coming from the East Coast, they don't go all the way to out here. But right. ever this is like LA Comedy Club, and I always thought it was weird. Why is it LA Comedy Club in <laughs> Vegas? 
But Felipe was like, hey, fool, you can come and do this and headline. Like, <laughs> they only want headliners to do 20 minutes. You can do it. I was like, fuck, all right. So then I came in. I did a guest spot, and then they loved me, and then I was able to headline right away. Um, but they already seen me from um, Payaso Comedy Slam, so they were already yeah. fans. So they were like, yeah, cool. And then I developed a relationship with them, and I was working with them for about two or three years. They moved around. They were first at Cabo Wabo, then they were like downtown at Four Queens. And okay, yeah. they, they moved around, and I was always there with them. And then they had a point where they had a, they had a rough spot where they weren't paying. That some of the checks were bouncing, and so they lost some relationships. And then they owed me money, but we ended up settling and squaring off, and then we developed a good relationship, you know. So then I was out here one one week, and they were like, well, "We're thinking about having this other club and putting a resident comedian in there." You know, you think you, that'd be something you want to do? They were just kind of just throwing it out there, and I was like, "You know what? I might be able to." And they were like, "You know, because they know I'm close with my mom, and she's right. not doing well. They're like, you could just buy a house out here and bring your mom out here and take care of her here." I go, "Oh, let me see." Then I kind of looked into it, and you know, I couldn't bring my mom out, but you know, she has the health care, and I kind of stepped away from watching my mom. And um, which was actually good. I was really worried about it, but we got um, you know like um, caregivers to come in, okay, and they were yeah. around the clock with her, and they they do way better job than I ever did. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, my mom still misses me. I still miss my mom, and I get to go back and visit. But it just happened. It, they were like, "You want to do it?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll think about it." And then I told them, "Yeah." And I said, "Who other? Who are the other guys you have in mind?" And they had like two or three other guys, but they were like, "But you're our top choice. If you want it, it's yours." Wow. And I was like, wow. Like, yeah. No audition, nothing. <laughs> they already knew. And then um, about uh, a year ago, I was asking, you know, you guys, are you guys okay, you know, with me being here? And I want to know if we're going to be here for a while because we might buy a house out here. You know? Right. And they're like, yeah, clearly you're the right choice. We're happy with the choice we made. And, you know, and I got voted best comedian. And, and there's no drama, you know. Right. I mean, they're worried about babysitting some comics or they drink. I don't really drink, mm. you know. I might take some herbal medication for my arthritis. Right. But other than that, I'm, I'm low-key and I'm easy to maintain. They don't even step in the, sh in, the, in the club, you know, only if I need them to. But it runs itself now, you know. That's so cool. Yeah. And then I got the um, – they used to have a manager there. So I got rid of some of the managers and I gave the jobs to comedians so then they could manage the room and MC and – Sweet, and, yeah. Yeah, and I'm putting before they weren't paying the the MCs. Now I'm getting, you know, it's not much, but twenty five bucks here and there. You know, it adds up. You're turning into a legit comedy club. Yeah, That's awesome. and then turning the, and getting everybody paid. You know, I'm about trying to, you know, I'm a comedian's comedian. And yeah. I want people to get paid, and I I don't want to get pimped out, so I don't want to pimp someone else out. You right. know what I mean? But even though I easily could not pay these guys because they're just happy to get stage time on the strip, mm -hmm. but I'm saying, well, you know what? You should be happy to get stage time, and you should get some chips in your pocket. You know, there's no totally. reason why you shouldn't get paid. But I guess a lot of other comics or a lot of clubs don't pay openers out here. Really? Wow. Yeah. They're just like, you know what? Work harder, get to the feature spot, and you'll get paid. Jeez. You know, so I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like to change things. Yeah, hell yeah. That's like awesome. To be a trendsetter, yeah. right? Who's going to get mad at paying people out? Right, exactly. Yeah. So They just have to follow your lead now. Yeah, well, I agreed, they agree with me, and now um, we're splitting it. So they pay half, and I pay half. But, you know. Sweet, yeah. That's cool. You help a lot of guys out too, in like the Piasso Comedy Slam. I, th I thought that was awesome. Did you start that or were no? You... No, I didn't start it. Uh, I got involved because Alex Ramundo hooked me up. Okay, um, but it's on Showtime, right? Yeah, yeah, Showtime. Then it went to Comedy Central, but uh, I got a lot of uh, 
It was a it fun was good trip. feedback because people were saying, "Oh, that that Filipino guy stole the show." You know, I was like, "What? I stole the show? Really? <laughs> I'm, I got a confession? <laughs> was that stealing?" <laughs> but but um, I was always used to doing that, not to to my own horn, but I like to like be the low. Nobody knows who I am. Come in there and just smash it, and they're yeah. like, "Who the fuck was that?" Yeah, you know what I mean? Low key coming, yeah, and kill it's, it. way, it's way better doing that than talking about I'm the shit, I'm this and that. Right. And then from there, so many Latinos saw it like. They show me more love than Filipinos have. Wow, I mean? yeah. It's crazy. And then from there, it just branched off. I get like, all the minorities, like for the black rooms love me. They were like, what, a Mexican Chinese motherfucker? What is that? <laughs> People don't, it's weird. Filipinos have been in the country forever, you know, but nobody knows about us. Really? It just seems like it. We're just not like, we're just a working force, you know, yeah. and we don't really complain and we do it and we're grinding. It's like, you know, they hired Latinos to do like all work. my doctors, nurses, every like. How do you not know? Like they're yeah, the highest yeah. profession. <laughs> yeah, but have we you don't never care. been sick? Or I, was, like... I have no idea. They said that the Chinese were the first Asians in America, but I've done some research, and I think Filipinos were actually the first Asians out here because they were navigators, and Spain conquered the Philippines, and then they took some of the Filipinos, and they were and Filipinos navigated through the stars and stuff like that. So they ended up helping them come across. Oh this yeah, way. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and people were like, "No, no, it's not." And the American funny. history is like so blurry, like oh, beyond man. when they wrote the Declaration of Independence right? or whatever. I thought Abraham Lincoln was this great guy, <laughs> horrible. Yeah, guy. I mean Christopher Columbus, who celebrated his uh, day, yeah. but that guy was a dick, horrible. Yeah, <laughs> right. And it's it's every country has that. If you go to the Philippines, they have their own history, and it's all biased to how really we're, we're great. And everywhere else, it's it's the same way. It's wherever you go, it's just like oh, you gotta because it's nationalism and pride. Totally, you yeah. Be, you want you. You want your country, you feel proud in your country. So I understand, but it's just weird that you get to the college level and you start finding out all these truths. Huh? Right, yeah. You need to actually like, hear the real what? deal. Yeah. yeah. The best is just talking to the people who are older than you because they're like, no, that didn't go down like that at yeah. all. Like, it was way worse. <laughs> the only piece of history, I'm so bad at geography history, but the oh. Philippines I know is because uh, I love the Beatles. Okay. And I heard when the Beatles went to the Philippines, mm. the queen got really upset because the Beatles didn't go to her dinner. Oh. She had like a huge banquet uh -huh. and they were like tired from performing. Right. Like, oh, it's no big deal. Like, we're not a big deal. She doesn't care. And then they watched the news, the Filipino news, and they came on the table where it said Paul, John, George, and Ringo. And the Queen's just like super upset. That they, <laughs> oh, <show my> up. <laughs> and so they got like kicked out, I think. So they're banned from the Philippines? I think so. That's something like that happened. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You're not you're not anything good unless you get banned from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you're top notch. Yeah, you know you're doing something right. <laughs> getting banned from places. Have you performed in the Philippines yet? Um, I haven't done it like to that level where I want to, but I did it when I went back to vacation with my to with oh, my sweet. mom. Yep. And I was kept bragging about, oh, I'm a comedian in L.A. And they saw my pictures and like, oh, we're gonna set it up so you can perform at this place. Sweet. You know? Yeah. It's all right. Cool. But it's a place called the Library in the Philippines, and it's like a, long, a lot of gays. Yep. And then the comedians in the Philippines, they're weird. They play guitars and they sing songs. It's not like stand-up, back then at least. Right. Now I heard it's, there's a new wave of comedians doing stand-up in English and everything. Oh, awesome, yeah. Because of uh, uh, who went out there. Uh, Russell Peters and Joe Coy went out there. Wow. So now they kind of got the hype. But when I went out there, they were like, oh. And they didn't even tell them I was a comedian. Like, this guy's birthday He's going to come up and sing a song. So like, <laughs> I was up there trying to do my jokes and yeah. they were waiting the whole time for me to sing a song. You know, and I didn't say it was terrible. And my family was like, you're a comedian, really? Like, oh, they didn't like it? Oh, no, man. it was bad. It was when it didn't go over well at all. It was, it was terrible. Well, that's the thing. Like stand up doesn't really exist in other countries. So like that's why 
it's amazing that all this stuff is sort of actually happening now. Like, yeah. Well, I think with YouTube and, and the internet, it just shrunk the world. Now they're seeing it. Yeah. Because I was in the Middle East doing my jokes, and they were like cheering them on. Like, wow. Yeah. Kind of like when Gabriel starts his joke, like, oh, I was I picked up my friend Martin, and everybody's like, Martin, yeah, Martin. <laughs> so I was doing some jokes, and they were like, Ninja Turtle. I was like, well, how awesome. do they know that shit, yeah. right? But YouTube, it's amazing. It's like, totally, huh? Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Have you had any like hellish or nightmare gigs like that you just stick out to? Where you're like, man, that was brutal yeah. or anything oh, like man. that. Yeah, sometimes some of these shows here in really? Vegas, yeah, it's weird because the night before it's great. Oh, I love my job, and then I'll come back the next day and I'm like, oh my god, this crowd. <laughs> yeah, I always say I never blame the crowd, mm. but here I'm like, that crowd sucked. They get but like drunk or something, like really mm, bad out here. Or they uh, they they're just, upset that they lost like five hundred dollars outside. <laughs> You think it is, but a lot of it, it's like uh, older people, and they get these packages. Oh, so okay. part of it is a show. Right. So they go in there, and they're like, you know, um, when I first got here, there were people sleeping in the showroom. No. Yeah, and I was getting taking it personal. Like, what the fuck? Like, I've never had <laughs> Good people morning, sleep sir. on my show. You? Yeah, <laughs> you know? Um, and um, But one of the openers who's been in Vegas for a while, his name's Charlie Stone, but he was like, no, don't take it personal. It's like a lot of these people have been walking around all day. It's hot as fuck. Yeah. And they might have been drinking too. And then they get in here and it's dark and it's air cold. Conditioned. Air conditioned. It's real conducive for sleeping. For sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> and they're tired as fuck. So, it's like, you know, you get people that doze off, you know. But um, for a while, I was starting to make fun of people. Like, oh, he's sleeping. He's not sleeping. <laughs> Let's all leave. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like, but, uh, it's just part of the it's part of the job you know totally yeah there's been times where i've had nightmare gigs where the mic cut out on me oh man you know? yeah but um i just went on i put the mic down and started doing acapella like just kind of yelling it out and it turned out to be some of the greatest sets i've ever had you know oh, that's so cool yeah. yeah i did a show with alonzo bolden and a couple other people and there were some uh people in the back where i'm not going up if they don't fix the mic, I'm not going up. While I was on stage doing it without a mic, you yeah, know, they were like, "I'm not gonna do it." I'm not gonna do it. And then they end up fixing the mic, and then the rest of the show went on. But I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, I'm badass." Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> that's old school to just project. Yeah, <laughs> right. I need to have a megaphone and just start projecting. But how many people fit in that room? Is it a big room or is it like? Oh, uh, here at the V Theater. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, two hundred people. Oh wow, yeah. yeah. You think it's kind of small, but for a daily show, a nightly show. For a club, that's great, yeah. And yeah, is, is it's it perfect. one show a night? Yeah, just one show a yeah. night. Uh, and it's really intimate. It's nice. It's theater-style seating, but you can see the crowd. And most times you do theaters, it's big, and then that spotlight's so bright. Right. It's like you're just doing your set. You know what I mean? But here I can actually engage with the people and look at them, and, and it's nice. That's awesome. So you're going to be here for two more years, for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. Well, How do you feel? Do you think you're going to be here for a while, or do you I, miss I Los Angeles? So. or? I miss L.A., but it's a 45-minute flight. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I can still visit my family. They're flexible. I can, you know, do my weeks and stuff. It's it's great. Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah. It's nothing like a steady paycheck coming in. Totally, like, right. I'm able to turn down gigs. Like, what? Before, <laughs> I was just so desperate. I'll take it. I'll take it. Now, I'm like, nah, I'll make more money staying in town. Yeah. You know, I have choices now, and it feels good. You know. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And uh, right now, are you, like, still, like, can you, can you like, uh riff like new topics into your act kind of or yeah like, i'm starting like the to, stories yeah yeah like um well i was in burbank this last weekend for halloween i was doing 45 to an hour so i was stretching my 30 minute 35 minute set that i do here yep. stretching it out so i was like oh i was adding new tags into it so then when i came back on monday and last night i, I just incorporated those in and they fit perfect and it's that's nice. awesome yeah 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 
So I'm like, okay, cool. I got to constantly evolve because next year, like, uh, I started in May and people were like, oh, we, now they came back again last year. They were like, oh, we were here for Mother's Day last year and we saw your set. We loved it. We came back. Now it's our annual thing. And we love the fact that the jokes have changed and it's different. Wow. So I'm like, oh, okay. Got to so write, yeah, write, write, write another or I got to figure out my set to make it different or whatever. That's so, crazy. So you're like, you've done a new whole hour every year. Yeah. For a well, while half now, an hour. Huh? Half hour. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I first got here that first year, I was just doing my material. And then now I ended up in the last second part of the year, I incorporated that video. So I'm doing the joke about the video and then incorporating, talk about giving birth, to, you know, right, being yeah. in labor. So, so they see some of the stuff that I did that first year, but then now it's like good 25 minutes of just newer shit. So they're like, whoa. That's, yeah, that's crazy. I feel like Vegas is like perfect to like oh, just man. become like a huge like star. Like you're just going every night trying to man, stand. Right? It's like uh, working out every night. Yeah. Going to the gym. Just getting become beast mode. Totally. And the thing is, it's like they're an older crowd here. So when I go do San Jose or if I go do Burbank, it's a younger crowd. They're more vivacious. So my material is like, brrr. It's like, wow. Like this is how I should be getting in Vegas. But it's a little bit more low tone. They're laughing yeah. here and night. But when you when you do a theater or I do San Jose and it's like 350 people younger like yep. man it's like ooh, crushing it yeah. it's a boner up there right? you know what I mean <laughs> right and out here I got semis but over there you feel like it's something like I took Cialis or Viagra and I'm up there like no but it's great because then I get back here and I miss I miss being here instead yep. of feeling I'm like I'm here again. It kind of helps out to be keep create that balance. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Very cool. Who are some of like your like favorite guys when you're a kid? Did you always want to be a stand up when you're no, a kid? No, actually, I didn't know about stand up comedy really. I I seen Eddie Murphy like when he did Delirious and Raw. Yeah. And I, like memorized those right, but I didn't really know. I seen Richard Pryor with my uncle when I was young, but I didn't didn't even appeal to me. I see I think live on Sunset Strip. Oh sweet. I see yeah. at the movie theaters with my uncle. Wow. And my uncle walked out. Cause really? he's, he's a priest, right? Oh, it's true. So, yeah, because he, he was saying, "Fuck, motherfucking Jesus, what Christ, Jesus, fucking Jesus," and then he was like, Ugh, Ugh, and then he ended up leaving. I was like, "Why is he leaving?" And so we just left. I didn't even see all of it. But I think that's the only movie my uncle. He would take me to movies. He's a priest, right? Every Tuesday we go to movies and we would see like Porkies and we oh, would see yeah. tits and ass. And, <laughs> but he didn't walk out on that shit. But he walked out on Richard Pryor. That was the only thing he's ever walked out on. I was like, whoa. But uh, but yeah, those those are my influences. I started to learn later, but um, I started late. You know, twenty six years old. Like I didn't even know Henny Youngman was. Yeah, like King of One Liners. Right. You know what I mean? Take my wife, please. Like that whole know, right? Rodney Dangerfield. I didn't know those guys. Four words. Every word is crucial in that joke. Like oh. it's the most like perfect joke. Yeah, right. You can't take one word out of that joke. And that's like no fat, right? No fat. That's what you try to write your material on is like no fat. Yeah. And then when you come across something or you see someone do a joke and you get mad, huh? why yeah. didn't I think of that? Right? It's so in your face. <laughs> like that first joke I ever wrote, my brother-in-law joke is my closer now, but I thought that was I would the first joke you ever wrote. First joke I ever wow. wrote. I, when I first started doing comedy, I, I put my name down, Edwin. Mm -hmm. I circled it and I started branching off, you know, what did I do? Filipino, Graduate college. Oh, my sister married a black guy. Well, he's a lawyer. I was like, oh, wow, my brother-in-law's a brother-in-law. It just <laughs> it wrote itself. That's you know awesome, what I mean? Yeah. But, and I still keep it till this day. I talk about my arthritis. And then I found when I talk about myself, then it opened up the doors that I could talk about other people and other races and stuff like that because I already beat myself up. Right. right. So it's like, 
it's, it's something like now I'm teaching these guys. We're not teaching them, but I'm watching their sets and I'm giving them tags and I'm telling them, hey, this works or that doesn't work. I'm learning all over again. Right. Yeah. They say when you teach, you learn more. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah you learn twice or something. I was like, oh, yeah. So it's cool. And my wife's going through it and I see her going through all this stuff. You know, she wants to host. But the other guys don't want to let her host yet because she's not seasoned enough yet. And she's mad about it. And I'm like, fuck, that's good. You should be <laughs> mad about it. You right, know what yeah. I mean? Like, instead of being complacent, okay, whatever. She, she has to fire. Being hungry for it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. It's real good. That's awesome. You guys are going to be a comedy family. It's pretty soon. <laughs> right? Have the baby open up. She's yeah. a feature. <laughs> I said, you know what? I, I She I grew up on stage. <laughs> I fucked her. We had a family. Now it's a fucking family show. <laughs> Everybody's like, whoa. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for meeting me with me today. Oh, I really man. appreciate it, oh, man. Oh, man, my pleasure. Thank dude. you, sir. I feel uh, honored to be included amongst the list of other no, comedians. No, it was an honor on talking with you, man. I really oh, yeah. appreciate it. Thank you so much. You know where I live now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, sir. Oh, man, my pleasure. Thank you, thank you.